Welcome to the Johnny Studios Podcast, your source for music, business, and growth. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Johnny Studios Podcast. Right now, I'm here with a fellow team member of the Johnny Studios team. We have Eric Steiner. He is an amazing blog writer, and right now, he's been doing these artist profiles, right? Um, on on Benny Blanco and name some of the artists you've kind of been working with. Yeah, for sure. I've been working at this for the last uh, few months now. Um, I've done Benny Blanco, Max Martin, um, Andrew Sheps. Like we're looking at those people that they had some they had something to do with some of the most important um, and biggest records of the last you know twenty years. But people might not know their names. And uh, yeah. other than Benny Blanco, I don't think any of those guys have really broken into the mainstream like with their own name on a on a on a track so yeah it's really interesting to look at those guys who are behind the scenes and that's amazing you know especially coming from our background like being a producer and songwriter myself i like seeing the other different perspectives of the people that are absolutely killing the game well there's so much there's so much going on and like they just have the kind of technical knowledge that uh if you didn't look out for it you wouldn't even notice it like the Mm -hmm. beauty of their profession is um, you don't even know that they've mixed it because everything just sounds perfect after after all is said and done, you know? That's so true. And then why don't you tell us a bit about your background? So, like, I know you were in a band. Um, you, you're killing the marketing side as well. Like, tell us a little bit, tell our audience a bit about kind of what you do and then your role here at Johnny Studios because you do more than, than blogging as well, right? Yeah, for sure. So, I uh, just finished a, a degree of marketing at Carleton University and that's that's where I get my blog writing skills from, I guess. But I think um, what my passion is really is uh, is music making and, and producing. I like you said, I did get into um, playing in a band uh, early in my university career. Unfortunately, um, that didn't seem to work out too good for whatever reason. But, you know, um, taking it back with some more solo work, getting into producing myself. And then I uh, was fortunate enough to get involved with Johnny Studios and start learning from one of the one of the greats here himself, Johnny Mansilla. <laughs> um, that's amazing, man. I, I really do appreciate that background, you know, because you have that creative aspect, but you also have the marketing, right? I, yeah, and the thing is that the music industry is is kind of changed, and and it's one thing that that Benny talks about quite a bit as well. Is you know back in the day, you just needed talent, and the the record producer would say, "Okay, you've got talent, we'll sign you." But mm. but now it's more like, well, how many how many likes does he get on Facebook? How many followers does he get? How many people can he bring out to a to a, a gig? And and so there's a lot more of that personal branding involved. So. Even though um, my music music is my passion, as I said, I don't regret in any way taking uh, the time to do a, a marketing degree because I know it's gonna imp- it's gonna be really important for my career as well. A hundred percent, man. And what people don't realize is, like, I talk to a lot of artists, and what people don't realize is that marketing is a huge part in anything you do. Like, doesn't matter what industry, whether you're running a business, whether you're you're starting your own production company or if you're doing uh, like singer songwriter stuff or a producer or a beat maker any any industry you're in you're gonna need marketing to elevate yourself to make yourself found and it's funny that you bring that up about the music industry because I do realize it's a benefit and a disadvantage so for example what's the benefit it would actually be that you have the opportunity to build that audience and you can get in front of a lot more people on your own independently. So what that means is for like an artist, 
you can get a lot more money in the back end and you can leverage your brand and then work out a deal with a label. Like sometimes they're saying labels aren't even necessary now. Yeah, they're huge in the terms that they will help you market your music and get you more exposure. But right now, there's literally a song that you can put on TikTok. It can go viral. And the next day it's charting on the Billboard 200 charts. Everyone has access to like top quality professional stuff. You know, there's no more excuses as saying like, oh, well, I don't have a mixing board or something. Well, everyone does. You can get a mixing board on your computer for almost nothing. So like you said, we're getting these bedroom producers. And I mean, ben Benny Blanco is kind of like the epitome of that. He came yes. up with um, a few really um, amazing mentors. Like we're talking about um, Dr. Luke and Max Martin and Disco D, these huge names. Dr. Luke, he worked with like uh, Katy Perry, right? That's right, yeah. That's so we, we've seen um, Benny Blanco, if, if you're not aware, he, he was involved with uh, Katy Perry and um, Tayo Cruz and Gym Class Heroes. Like we're talking about those late 2000s, early 2010s, kind of when I was in elementary school, right at the end, that was blowing up like crazy. And I'm going to be honest, I wasn't really into that kind of music, but going back and looking at it from a producer lens, um, some of those songs are really, are really hard. Like they're, they're great. They're especially... Um, they're, they're incredible time, uh, um, ways to like, to learn from those songs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, one thing I realized too is Benny Blanco even like discovers a few artists as himself. Like I know he's discovered Tory Lanez and has written some songs for him and, and other things as well. And other artists mm -hmm. along that whole paradigm. But I've seen videos with Benny Blanco and he, he's so laid back. He, he is, he is yeah. almost like a bedroom producer himself. And he says he's gotten most of his work for being just an awesome person to hang out with. So I don't, I think you can't underestimate the value of just being, having great energy, mm -hmm. being super nice and having an aura that allows people to be comfortable around you in the studio. And that's mm -hmm. the number one thing that I hear clients say when they come to Johnny studios is like, Oh, it, like, I, I feel way less nervous. You're so more accommodated. You and your team are awesome. Mm -hmm. um, you don't make us feel pressured. You don't make us feel rushed. And that allows for more creative flow in the creative process, getting a better, ending up with a better final product, right? No, absolutely. And it kind of ties back to what we were talking about in marketing as well. Kind of, um, it's all in every industry, but especially arts related ones. Um, your brand is, is transforming into something that's a lot more personal, you know, mm -hmm. and especially with music, when you're creating something, there is always going to be a creative aspect to it. You, you can't just apply one theory, one algorithm and make a hit song. Yeah. So it's important to, to know people super well. And more than anything, I, I think trust is involved as well, you know, especially when you're working with an artist. Have you trust the vulnerability and mm -hmm. also just being authentic and honest with your audience? But sorry, you were going to ask uh, something. Oh, I was just w wondering about some of your experiences working with artists. Like, have you had any times when you just didn't really click and and you still made a great song, or or would you would you agree with Benny's uh, philosophy there? <sighs> yeah. So I think now I don't take on just anyone. Um, I do make sure to vet the client to make sure that I'm the best fit for them in terms of what we do here. So also I have a, a zero tolerance for like assholes. So like if, if, if <laughs> yeah. you're like, a, like if you're treating me or any of my team mm -hmm. with disrespect, you can't work with Johnny Studios. You're not going to get anywhere in the music industry like that. 
Like, well, the funny thing is you say that and that's true. But at the same time, like some of the people at the very top can be like that. Right. And you are going to uh, deal with a lot of different personalities and artists. Um, they have different sides to them. Right. Mm-hmm. They might be like extremely rude to a certain person and they might be super nice and like if it's mm. to their benefit and there's so many different things i don't want to go down that rabbit hole but <laughs> all i'm trying to say is i'll have a zero tolerance for that mm-hmm. because then i won't be able to be creative and i won't be able to give them the best product possible and mm-hmm. that's what we're in the business of right we want to make sure we can give the people that come into the studio the best experience and the best final product of what they're hearing in their head out to the world right by any means possible mm-hmm. and this is something that they might they might like tie to themselves very closely emotionally, you know, as a mm-hmm. producer, um, sometimes it can be hard giving feedback mm-hmm. properly, especially when you don't, when you haven't built up that kind of trust yet. Yeah. So how do you navigate kind of, um, if, if, uh, somebody's done a, a really bad take and you don't want to mess up the session, you don't want to ruin the vibes, but you still want to make sure that you're giving them the best that they can do. Ooh, that's an amazing question. Um, so that happens frequently if they don't do a great take right i won't be like that was an awful take i'll be like you know what that was that was that was decent but let's let's try it again because Mm -hmm. there was something off about the pitch or there was something off about the timing Mm -hmm. and we need to do what's best for the song now in terms of timing wise some people have a really limited budget and they can only they can only come for let's say one hour and if that's the case i will make sure to get the best take possible for them mm-hmm. but moving the f- session along right you, so you, wanna... you can be very nitpicky and mm-hmm. the positive of going to a studio is that it gets the artist in that mindset where i need to practice i need to be well rehearsed and i need to come in and i need to do an amazing take mm-hmm. right because once you do get that flow and i i know you've you've felt this i i remember the last time we were making a song together mm-hmm. once you hit that stride you guys are all on the same wavelength you know that's when amazing stuff happens and yes. and i think that is almost the secret of benny blanco is just being super laid back he, he says himself he doesn't make music with people who aren't his friends and and that's not like wow. a limiting thing. Like he just makes friends with almost everybody. You know, Ed Sheeran, for example. Yeah. Like they are super tight, and um, I mean, they've made some amazing music together. So it really shows. That's that's incredible, and I think I agree because songwriting and and like production and recording and the art of getting out an emotion to the world mm-hmm. is so vulnerable. You know, and you want to feel comfortable with the people you're doing that with. That's why I won't just take anyone. Right, like. If, if our energies aren't aligning, I'll be like, you know what, like, you, you might be better off at this studio. Mm-hmm. They specialize more in, in like, classical, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, I do more, like, pop and rock and, and like, like R&B and trap and all these different types of popular genres, right? That might not be the best fit. Yeah. But I'm honest about it and I'm helpful and I add value. Mm-hmm. So even if I don't work with someone... I'll refer them to a blog that either I wrote or you wrote or Jake wrote or anyone from our team, Mm -hmm. Neha. um, So then they can actually see kind of like, okay, this is super valuable, right? Depending on what their needs are, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, I had an inquiry once, I think for uh, like, how do you you get into recording, Mm -hmm. right? And then I said, oh, like, I actually wrote it all out on a blog. This is how you can start recording right from your home, 
right? Because mm. with the whole pandemic going on and everything, like people want to learn that. And I did a step-by-step -step, and it's actually on the website, right? Johnnystudios.com. Yeah. You can go and there's a lot of blogs. How much blogs have we been all writing? Oh my goodness. <laughs> right? So many blogs, so much content. Yeah, but that's yeah. all value, man. And it I is. think within any business studio, if you're a singer-songwriter, one piece of content can change your life. And that's something that Gary Vanderchuk says all the time. Mm. He's like this huge entrepreneur. And it's it's true. Think about it. Mm -hmm. You're just a nobody artist until you release one song that could blow up on TikTok, get on the billboard, and then you're like uh, the Old Town Road star, right? Yeah. And then you literally have a song that's giving you recurring revenue, multiple deals, and you just become mm -hmm. super filled with abundance. So yeah. you have to keep striving for that perfect piece of content, but you have to do it without folk being too like nitpicky, right? I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up actually, because I know I said earlier that the secret to Benny Blanco is just being super friendly, but mm -hmm. I, it'd be, it, I'd be lying if I said that was all it was. Because mm -hmm. if you look at the history of this guy's like, like rise, another thing you'll notice is just this insistence this like he knew what he wanted to do and he would do anything to get there like we're talking about sleeping on couches in new york like calling people and pretending to be their lawyers just to get just to get that face-to-face -face time with a studio exec who probably just shut him down immediately but the wow. important thing is you know you can be a failure for a day but as long as you're you you wake up the next day and you have that the same mindset you're willing to try again that's i think what makes uh makes somebody successful and that's what you see in benny blanco you know, it's all about having the purpose. Like, what's your purpose? And everyone's purpose is different, right? Like, I knew from a young age that I wanted to record, I wanted to mix, I wanted to master, I wanted to be a, a singer-songwriter and, and help others, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I've been doing, and it's been super hard, and I still have a long way to go to, to get to where I want to, but I enjoy mm -hmm. the process, and that's what you have to go. You can't get discouraged, or else I would have been discouraged, like, four years ago mm -hmm. when I get, like, a bad comment on a video, right? But I also get a lot of good comments, but you can't be distracted by whether it's good or bad. You just have to keep focused on your vision, stay on your lane, as it's pop, like, really popular to say, mm -hmm. but it's true. Hey, in this day and age on YouTube, any comment is a good comment. <laughs> That's true. Right? <laughs> Create conflict right now with the elections going on. It's crazy how much. As much as possible, you know. You could say one thing. Like, like I, I'm, I don't get political. I'm not into politics or anything. Uh -huh. But you could say one thing about, like, a presidential candidate. And then you'll have a whole army of the other side. Doesn't matter which side you do on, right? right. So it's like, it's the same thing. It's creating that controversy. And we actually have a podcast out in the previous episodes about Kanye West. So oh, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talking get about controversy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna get into that because we have a whole podcast mm -hmm. uh, episode r related to that. But Kanye West is like the king of controversy. And that's helped his album sales and helped him become like, I think he's a billionaire now. Oh, yeah. So because of his like sneaker line Yeezys mm -hmm. and all these other things. But sorry, moving back to right. Benny Blanco. So though. I wanted to ask you another question just about um, the history, because we were talking a little bit about uh, the process and how much you enjoyed that. I, I know for me, um, if I look at some of my old tracks, my old loops or something, like they are almost horrible. They are horrible to listen to. Like sometimes I'll just, <laughs> I just hate it. But one of the things that I found interesting with Benny Blanco is that a lot of the times his songs took a really long time to blow up, you know, like he'll make a song and nobody will want it for five years. He told this story about one time he made a, a voice recording 
at a at a um a gym and uh like five years later that became tayo cruz's dynamite you know it took wow. that long but but when you look in your old songs have you ever noticed any any gold in there yes i have and and that's a great great question because that's happened to me too on a smaller scale um but i have hundreds and hundreds maybe even thousands of voice notes with cool melody ideas but the thing is you can have an idea that's fine but ideas are bullshit unless you have execution Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. it's like Uber wasn't the first time someone invented that. Did you know someone had already invented that concept, but they just weren't good at executing it? I actually didn't know that. But Uber was able to execute the idea way better and actually get it done, Mm -hmm. right? So it's the same thing with music and with ideas. That being said, though, whenever an inspiration comes, you have to track it down or else you won't be able to use it in the future. Right now, we're we're talking about um, uh, working with an artist who she has a great voice and and all these things right and now i'm thinking okay maybe we'll do a duet with her and then i'll i'll write the song and then i can just look back in my past catalog of ideas and i can Mm. just pull out like an idea of a really great catchy ballad and then i can finish that song Mm -hmm. and who knows that could be a hit right (laughs) i think it's i think it's definitely good to to keep that stuff around but Mm -hmm. there's also a balance you have to you have to get with you know letting go and and being open to trying new ideas oh of course another uh interesting story actually that benny blanco told about his his late mentor um disco d um, one of the things he learned most from Disco D is that he wasn't ready. He says he's always in this apprenticeship stage, always learning, which is an incredible mindset to have for one thing. Um, but he had this um, this huge hard drive, like back in the days when they had, they were actually like, it wasn't an SSD, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, he had like thousands of songs on there and none of them were working out. And the one day Disco D just picked it up, literally threw it out the window. You know, we're starting again. And apparently... Benny Blanco thought that was a great lesson moving on, you know, and uh, being able to start again. Hmm. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Because you never know when you're when you're you, you have your next great idea. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I wrote a song uh, called I Can't Say I Love You. It's mm-hmm. like I can't say I-L-Y. That's how I kind of spell it. OK, but I had literally just broken up with with this girl. Right. And mm-hmm. um, it we would never fully dating we were just kind of like friends with uh friends with benefits that type of thing but Mm -hmm. we were like hanging out and then we just stopped talking whatever and i felt so heartbroken yeah you know um and then i literally went and i had this song idea and i like i went and then i i recorded the verses really wow i recorded the verses but i was like it's almost like a crying voice (laughs) you know Uh and those verses actually ended up in the final of the song and the song has like quite a few like views and listens Mm -hmm. all over the internet and it's like they can really hear the raw emotion and even one of my friends said like i love that song man but i can't listen it too much because it makes me a bit sad oh does it make you sad to listen to it as well it makes me nostalgic oh but i think i wrote that song for someone going through a similar thing where they can just listen to it and sulk and just kind of be like you know what like i like it's it's you can kind of just sulk for a bit and then move on. Sometimes right? you just have to indulge in yeah, those feelings. So, yeah. <laughs> and now I'm trying to write more positive songs and things like that, but you mm-hmm. never know when the inspiration is going to come and at what time in your life. So you do have to make sure to live, go out and live like yeah. like meet different people, have different experiences cuz then you're going to fuel that into your mm-hmm. songwriting engine 
and then the emotions will be real. I think man, collaborating, listening to a vast, a wide array of music as well, like um, picking out some of your favorite things from different genres and trying to put them together, uh, all that stuff is is super helpful. Like, as well. did you realize one one example is like Drake, for example. He didn't try to be, he didn't try to be like, um, what do you call it? Like hardcore rap or say he was like from the hood or something. No, mm -hmm. he was just rapping about like relationships and being brokenhearted and things that were more common in his life. Mm -hmm. And since it was authentic, like he's one of the top artists in the world, right? Yeah. He didn't have to copy like NWA or like, cause that wasn't his background. You know, mm -hmm. he didn't grow up in Compton. <laughs> right yeah you're not gonna get anywhere saying you grew up in content if you didn't actually do that people are gonna call you out on that yeah it's that personality that realness of authenticity we were talking about before mm -hmm. for sure and i think that's something that i've uh, struggled with a little bit as a producer as um finding those emotions that i can channel like because i find i have different outlets mm -hmm. and oftentimes when i'm interested in making music it's more from an aesthetic point of view as opposed to a, a truly emotional one um but i fall into the trap of kind of, of making things that are are really really complicated mm -hmm. and if you look at like the history of some of benny blanco's biggest hits a lot of them are really really simple songs simplicity that's yeah. exactly what i was about to say that's right simplicity you want to be able to crank up the song and remember it. Yes. Always remember that. Like sometimes the most complex idea isn't the best. Mm -hmm. Sometimes just like a simple catchy thing can take the world by storm. So we have like on the one end of the spectrum, prog rock. I would say that is extremely complicated um, and strange sounds that you will never hear before. And then pop maybe closer on the simplistic side. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's a bit of a even though the melodies and the chords might be simple, um, one of the things we find is that in Benny Blanco's songs, the sounds that he's using are extremely complex. One of the things he, he wants to say, he wants people to say is they have no idea how he made that sound. That's, mm, that's what he original. wants with every single one. Yes, originality as well. Yeah, and it, it's, it's cool you say that because I know even in some of my productions, like I'll find a sound and then I'll distort it and then I'll invert it and mm -hmm. do a bunch of different things just to see if it sounds good. If it doesn't, I won't use it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the times I will. And then you just create this really cool atmosphere in your song where you're like, no one has that sound. That's right. Yeah. You know? I, I used to harp on like electronic music a lot for the reason for the reason that it was just super simple melodies because I was I grew up as a classical pianist. Um, but now I've got so much more of an appreciation for the, the layers of synths that they can have. And, you know, the hi hats, you might have like Dude, three different ones at one time. Their productions are crazy, man. Like, oh, yeah. If you've looked inside one of their multi-track sessions. Like they can have like over a hundred tracks of like intricate little loops and different types of melodies right. and just layering and layering and layering. And then the voices are just a whole other thing. And we're, <laughs> like, we're talking about like things that might be minus 30 dB. Like you might not even be able to hear it yeah. necessarily, but it just still gives you that feeling, mm -hmm. that feeling that you can't really describe. And, and that's something special about some of Benny Blanco's songs as well, I would say. For sure. And that's the beautiful part of music in general. Mm -hmm. Cause like, yeah, you can do that. And with like EDM, for example, you can move a whole crowd to dance and have a great time and, mm -hmm. and just have a positive state. But you could also be Bon Iver in a cabin recording with like the cheapest mic ever <laughs> yeah, yeah. and get a Grammy Award winning album. On the, on the topic of... <laughs> right? Yeah. Like with just a microphone, an old guitar and his voice and layering. And mm. he used 
I don't think any electronic stuff on there, like no, maybe a few so, yeah. pads or anything, but yeah. I think it was all just acoustic and his voice and he experimented with different effects and stuff to make it really interesting, mm-hmm. but it was an amazing album, right? Definitely one of my favorites, I will say. Yeah. But on the topic of uh, EDM, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting because uh, Benny actually related uh, a DJ set to a pop song. He said, you have a three minute DJ set right there. You want to bring people up and bring people down, but you know, just stay, staying at one level the entire time, it's going to make people bored, mm-hmm. you know? so and, and on the same vein, almost all of his songs start really, really quickly. Like within the first five seconds, you will have heard some, some sounds that are recognizable. You know exactly what you're in for. Yeah. And that's something uh, like radio culture and even club culture. Both of those are super important for, for that technique to get your song out there and people knowing it. Yeah, and that's why a lot of the time in those type of songs, especially in the pop world, you, it'll almost be like either a buildup or you'll have the verses not as complex with not mm-hmm. as much instruments. And then it gets wider when you hit the chorus. Definitely. And then yeah. you hear more instruments panned and more elements of the song come into play. And that's something... You, you really have to take into consideration like as an artist listening to this is okay like do you want to go viral do you want to be in the pop world Mm -hmm. or you have to really define your goals and see okay where do I want to be like right now we're covering Benny Blanco right and his purpose was to be a mega producer and songwriter and he's working with some of the best artists in the world how did he get there right Mm -hmm. it's like find out what you want to do and then emulate the people that are doing it that's right he he was uh he definitely copied a lot of timbaland back in the day and this is like back before he had his own unique sound you know just kind of taking apart some of your favorite producers music and looking at the stems directly what is it that makes that so special Mm -hmm. um and one of the techniques he used quite a bit was actually making remixes because you are forced to take things apart. You are forced to look at this genre and kind of splash in something a little new. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at the end of the day, you also want to make it better than the original. That's true. So have you, uh, have you done any remixes in your time? <sighs> remixes. Let me think. I'm, I'm sure I have, but nothing's coming mm. like to mind. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of strange for me, I find, because like there are remix challenges where they just give you all the stems. But my question is, if you just have like the master, how are you? How do you take those songs apart? I'm not sure. Oh no, they give you they give you the stems, and for example, you can take the vocals, and then you okay. can create a different drum loop. You can mm-hmm, add mm-hmm. different instruments, or make it more EDM style if it was more of a pop song, and you can experiment it with it. Mm. Um, I haven't done many mixes because um, usually my music, I like just doing it from scratch, and it'll be an idea, and I'll want to own a hundred percent of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because that's kind of how I started building the studio because I would record my own music. I would put it out. I would do a release. And as it would get more exposure, then I started getting inquiries of people being like, oh, did you record this? Oh, where did you master this? And then I realized that's when I realized I was like, oh, I can start like a recording studio. I didn't just wake up one day and said, I'm going to start a recording studio. No, it happened like like gradually and mm-hmm. obviously I got into songwriting and recording when I was really really young so I gravitated naturally towards that so you have to find out what part of the music industry you want to be in mm-hmm. or even in general what industry do you want to be in you know do you want to be in the business side of things or do you want to be in the songwriting side of things right now Jake one of our team members he's actually um doing a like a songwriting course in um Berkeley School of Music yeah right so it's like 
okay, that's amazing. He knows he loves that aspect of it and that's what he's going towards. So find out what you want to do and then emulate the people that are already there where mm-hmm. you want to be mm-hmm. at, right? Find mentors even, I would say, is, yes. is a really big one as well. Sometimes you seek them out. Sometimes they even seek you out. I'm really glad to be a part of this because I, I definitely see you as a bit of a mentor at this point. Well, the, the funny thing is, why don't you tell the audience like how we even met? Right. <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny that you said that you you didn't just wake up one day and say that you wanted to make a recording studio because that's kind of how what happened for me. I was just I was hanging around and I was it was the middle of the summer and I just thought, you know what would be the best thing for my career as a musician working at a recording studio. Yeah. And so I sent out a few emails that day. I believe we had a uh, meeting the next week and the the week after that was my first day. There you go. Yeah. So that's what I love, guys. And this is something that you have to always, guys and girls, <laughs> this is something that you have to take into consideration. Things aren't just going to fall into your lap. Okay. You need as a person to be proactive and you have to go get what you want. Right. You could have easily just said, oh, Johnny will will probably say no. So I'm not even going to send the email. I'm not even going to mm-hmm. reach out. Um, it turns out I was looking for someone right at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that your email popped up and then you had a really nice like paragraph and you told me about your marketing experience and you told me about your, your music experience. So it was like exactly what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. It did the connect. We had the interview. You seem like a really cool creative dude and I was right. <laughs> so <laughs> lucky for, for both of us. So <laughs> the thing is, you went and you went for it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That summer, you could still be just doing nothing and not progressing. But all the little building blocks, they'll eventually accumulate to where you were meant to be. Mm-hmm. And that's something that people have to take really serious because I've seen so many artists that don't finish their songs, that are afraid of putting things out, that are scared someone will see- steal their songs, Um and the funny thing is, I, I had that mentality when I first started too. I didn't want to release a song because I was like, oh, someone's going to steal my song idea. But when you're starting out, you're nobody, you mm-hmm. know, like, mm-hmm. like no one's buying your records. No one's hearing about you. No one's streaming about you. You have no reputation, right? So you have to get in a mindset of abundance, realizing that there's always thousands of songs from you. There's always room for another amazing artist there's always room for another amazing producer Mm -hmm. um if you go with that mindset you'll realize that you'll attract more things into your life that of what you actually want it's it's about being persistent you know but not not annoying to the point where people don't want you to email them anymore but you know just putting out good karma into the world over time and time again um it's gonna come back it really it is it'll, it'll take time and you know like i said you might you might put a song out. It might not go anywhere one time. But you had that experience. You you have the experience from making that song. You gain the technical skills and you can do it all again. Yeah. yeah. And w- something funny that I, w- like, I want to tell you and the audience is mm. you'd be surprised. Usually the song you think is going to blow up doesn't. And the song that you are going to not include in the record or the song that you don't even want to release, that's the one that will resonate with the world. So... Take that with what you will, but like it's important that you have to release your music. Mm-hmm. You know, even that song that you finished that you're like, you know what, I don't think is good. You never know. Like I've heard so many stories where someone will release a song and they said, oh, this almost didn't make the album. Um, 
I don't know if you've heard of the song Shaggy, It Wasn't Me. Oh, yeah, of course. So there's a huge story about this. You guys should look it up on YouTube, but like it's like called Behind the Song. But I saw this and I was in awe because that song, the people on the label didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So they were like, no, like, like they didn't want to do it. But then the one A&R went to the guy's house, heard the song by accident because it was playing in the background. And he's like, why isn't this on the album? And and like Shaggy was like, oh, they said they didn't want it, like blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay. Somehow the song got leaked. Listen to this. By this um, this radio, this radio host that's always looking for new music. He found it on Napster. So wow. he downloaded it for free. And he was like, oh, this is a pretty cool jam. He played it on his radio station, small radio station in Hawaii. It's like a little island, right? Oh, my goodness. Okay. (laughs) When he first played that on air, he started getting multiple calls a day saying like, oh, what was that song? Like, can you put it on again? Can you put it on again? And then it started spreading all over the U.S. And before you know it, it spread all over the world. And then the label was like, all right, now we have to release this. They released it and it became one of the biggest songs in the world, (laughs) you know, and that made his entire career. And he was almost not going to make it as an artist. Legendary. So think about it. Like, like that's insane. Mm -hmm. Think about that. You know, the song wasn't meant to be out, but somehow it found its way out and the the world resonated with Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But imagine if that A&R guy didn't go or somehow it didn't get leaked. But think it it never would have happened if he wasn't already releasing that whole album. You know, if he hadn't, if he just thought all these songs are okay, we would never have had Shaggy. And uh, and that would have been a sad world to live in. Exactly, exactly. Is there anything else? I think we're getting to like the 30 minute mark, which is pretty good. But is there anything else about Benny Blanco that you think the audience should know um, that that we want to cover? Well, I feel like I'll just wrap it up a little bit. I, I mean... Just keep learning. That's the one thing we, we see from Benny all the time is uh, collaborating with people and learning from them, learning new techniques, always trying new things and mm-hmm. making new sounds like uh, the persistence we talked about and um, just being a great person to be around. That's those, key. That's key. Those are the those are the keys. Yeah. And I love that. Remember, I'm not going to go fully into it, but just being having awesome energy being fun to hang out with, mm-hmm. people are going to want to call you back. Definitely. And I'll tell you that even in in business, it's the same thing with my clients. I'm friends with my clients. Like I like I enjoy spending time with them. Obviously like like I won't like go out of the way to always hang out with them or anything, but like I mean for the work and value I provide with them, like we're on great terms, we're friendly, and who do you think is going to get the call back? The person that is friends with their producer or the person that has like no relationship with them and it feels cold and the energy is not right. Well, that's an easy one. Right? Exactly. And so, again, be a great person. Be fun to hang around with. Have good energy. And, again, obviously you have to put in the work and creativity (laughs) and release songs. (laughs) But it'll happen, you know. Just keep keep trying. Keep trying. Keep grinding. 100%. So, Eric, thanks so much for having you on the show. We're definitely going to have you back for more episodes as you continue this Artist Spotlight series, Artist and Producer Spotlight series. Um, you guys, if you listening have any questions, feel free to go to J-O-N-Y Studios, with an S at the end, dot com. And then if you go to the podcast section, we have a comment where you can ask any questions that you want us to answer here on the show. Um, or you can even just fill out the contact form 
and ask us any questions and we'll try to answer it on the next episode. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you guys soon.